0: I am your host, Malak Arif, and today I have a very, very, very special guest. And when I mean a very special guest, that is an understatement. I've been a longtime fan of this guy since I was a kid uh, here in Washington, D.C. He is one of the uh, the guys that pretty much introduced me to uh, Rhythm and Blues, uh, hearing his voice late night on the radio during the 80s. Um, you know, during a time when, when rap was becoming this huge genre and taking off, it was because of this guy, I, I, I kind of relented. So with all that being said, uh, uh, live from Los Angeles and Washington, D.C., because I'm here in D.C., we talking about the one, the only, Kevin Slow Jamming James. Man, what's going on, brother?
1: Man, what an introduction. I, I <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. So usually I wear a cap. So uh, now you know why.
0: (laughs) Now you look good, brother. You look good, man. That's unruly.
1: You look good. This is my normal look. No
0: doubt. No doubt. We bought it. Look, hey, Kev, I'm not going to hold you here long. But me being a longtime fan, you know, I got to get these questions out. You know, the people want to know, you know, what's going on with Kev, man, especially the guy, you know, uh, the folks here in Washington, D.C. Because we know you back in Los Angeles. So we want to get into
1: all of that. Okay. You just ask any questions you want and don't have the answers I'll just make something up
0: (laughs) just make something up I know that's right I know that's right so look here um before we get started we know um we're still in a pandemic right now with the whole uh COVID-19 and everything I don't even know if I should say that because YouTube might not game me for that so uh let's just you know I'm gonna take it easy on this subject but I know you recently had a bout uh with uh CB19 so uh, talk about that, man, you know, because I, I was a little scared for a second. I was a little scared for a second.
1: Well, you know, uh, people get different versions of it. Usually it's a couple days, you know, yeah. with those normal symptoms, which I had, but then it went into full-blown COVID-19. Mm. Uh, I don't even remember. I was on the couch and then the paramedics came, the ambulance came. They took me away. And, uh, so my time frame is difficult because I was out of it. I was in a coma and they took me to the hospital. I'm a veteran, but they couldn't get to the veteran's hospital quick enough. They needed to get me somewhere closer, which happened to be Marina Del Rey hospital. Ended up in an ICU. Uh, when I did uh, come to, I was on a respirator. and I think most of you watching and listening uh, the survival rate is not good after you've been on a respirator and I was told that I had basically three hours to live I got through that but it was three months in the hospital between that in a rehabilitation center in Los Angeles and it was tough. Mm. And then, so that's a hospital bed. Then I come home after 90 days, I spent another 60 days in a hospital bed in my house. So that was five months of not being mobile. And, and and I'm not going to go into a lot of the details, but you know, once again, I had it as bad as you could get it and still be above ground. So, uh, uh, And I have lots of thoughts about it because it was just a year ago. Uh, January 3rd, I went into uh, whatever coma coma was. And then, so it was five months of battling it. I'm almost hmm, 80, 85% back. Wow. uh, I had to learn how to walk again. That was the biggest struggle. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that on uh, Instagram. Yeah, and uh, here in Los Angeles, I think it ran a DC two on Fox. They did a, a a story, and it was about my struggle. They called it a long hauler. I never heard that term before until they interviewed me. Right. But anyway, here I am, pretty healthy in some ways. Believe it or not, I'm healthier than I was before. Awesome. With all the medications I used to be on. I'm not on anymore, so. Okay. God is good. Uh, God is good, no doubt, but, no doubt. But prayer.
0: I'm, I'm glad you made it through because, like I said earlier, I mean, you had me scared for a second. You know, um, you know, you you have been one of the uh, greatest uh, contributors to uh, radio, man, in in my lifetime. You know, as far as you know, um, on air personalities, man. So it was, it touched me, man, to to, to see you going through that, and I'm, I'm glad you
1: made it through, brother. But I do want to say all the love people made donations, the the listening audience, the people that I've been loyal to for years have always been loyal to me. Right. And prayers, regardless of what your religious beliefs are, I'm Mm -hmm. telling you all those prayers and thoughts and warm thoughts got me through this. No
0: doubt. No doubt. No, that's, that's, that's amazing, man. Um, I don't even know what to say when you, you know, like I said, uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of supporters, you know, the, the love was coming in. And, I, and I'm with you. I, I feel like that's pro- that's one of the reasons why you're still here. So with all that said, man, let's let's go on to something a little, uh, you know, a, a, a little uh, less, uh, <laughs> you know, Some more
1: positive. Yeah. yeah.
0: Something a little more positive, something a little more positive. So let's let's switch gears for a second. Um, I want to talk about. Your beginnings. You know, a lot of people don't know the story of uh, Kevin James, uh, where the name come from. You know, how did you make it into? You know, how did what? What's, what was your interest into um, radio? So let's go back to the beginning. Now you're originally from. You're you're originally from uh, Pennsylvania, I believe.
1: Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. My day's coming up, by the way. Uh, okay. Second Groundhog Day. So that was where I was born. Okay. My dad passed away when I was seven. We moved okay. to Philadelphia, so you know uh, a lot of people don't realize the distance between Philadelphia and, and Pittsburgh, right? People would say, "Hey, do you know so-and-so? I was like, "No, you don't understand. They're, they're six right. hours apart." But anyway, right. uh, so from Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, to Philadelphia, and uh, of course, Philadelphia, like D.C., a great music city. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and. I just fell in love with the slow jams. The, not that they were called that back then because I came up with the name. <laughs> but um, I just like that moderate tempo thing, things I could sing along with, lyrics I could understand. So that was inbred into me like really early on before I ever thought of radio or anything like that. Right. And uh, after high school, Uh, I went into the army, so I spent four years, four and a half years, in in the army, Uh, and towards the tail end, I was assigned to the Pentagon, Mm. I'd work all nights in the Pentagon, in the basement of the Pentagon, and would take broadcasting classes during the day.
0: It kept
1: me pretty busy, you know, at school, and uh, that was my introduction
0: radio okay so what you know um i take it that was your you, you know that was how w- what led you to washington dc as well um if i'm not if i'm not mistaken so you yeah, know sure. around that time you know what were some of the on-air personalities that you you know kind of admired i know we had guys like uh you know bob nighthawk terry and sunny jim and a lot of those guys and wol and you know but who were some of the other guys if you know maybe those guys as well that you
1: that you admire around that time Ooh. Back then, I really liked WPGC. Okay. Like a, a top 40 station. But, you know, uh, Columbus, uh, Billy Price, who worked for uh, WPGC. Uh, it's a kind of an interesting story. I'm going on a little tangent here. Come on, Bob. Okay. Uh, uh, Big Wilson. And I was really young at the time. I just got out of the army. And I was enamored with WPGC. Well, they were talking about their softball team, how great they were. So I called and I challenged WPGC to a softball game, which turned out to be a doubleheader. These were classmates of mine at the school. Three women, guys who just people that had never even played ball before. Okay. So (laughs) think of the bad news bears multiplied by tens worse. Well, that's what we had. (laughs) So we played, I don't remember where, maybe Wheaton or somewhere we played. We beat them in two games. How we did that, I don't know. Okay. But after the game, they said, will you come play on our team? Because that was my strong suit other than radio. Mm -hmm. I'm a ball player. Okay. But ended up playing softball with WPGC, which... uh, transitioned into getting a job doing all nights at WPGC. That was my beginning. Okay. Playing
0: so um, at that time, who was at the helm at uh, WPGC?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I think it was Big Wilson was the program director. Okay. He wow. he, he passed years ago, but I was okay. just a, a young pup. I didn't know what I was doing, but somehow they hired me. And okay.
0: So, so, you know, I got to You know, I got to ask the million dollar question. Yeah. You got to ask the million dollar question. So, you know, to my knowledge, you know, I don't remember a lot of, you know, uh, you know, white cats, man, on the radio doing rhythm and blues. You know, I know you had, you know, Alan Freed in Philadelphia with that whole clock, um, that whole thing that they had going on. But she was an on air personality. So what was it like, man? You're here in a a, a majority black city and here you come out of nowhere with this vast knowledge of music, man. So just talk about that a little bit, man. I know it had to be, you know, the people want to know. I know it had to be kind of different. Talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah. First of all, when I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, there were no black residents. Okay. And one one family that was uh, of Latin descent, other than that, you know, uh, it was pretty, pretty all white, you know? <laughs> right. And, uh, I've been accepted anywhere I go. Uh, I am as close as you can get to being colorblind. <laughs> no doubt. And, I, I you. You No, know, I would work with people and then people would say, Hey, what nationality are they? I'd have to think about it because it's not something that I think about, you know, and where did, where did
0: that come from? Where did it come from?
1: who knows I, uh, that's just within me right once again my dad died when I was seven mm-hmm. my mom was as we might say not was not the most open-minded person in the world uh, it just developed
0: within okay so now you know I got to get into this man I got to get into this one the voice man the voice when did you realize man you have that you, you you had this Amazing, unique voice, man. Like, who, who, did any when you were younger, did anybody ever let you know, like, you know, hey, you, hey, Kev, I think you got a voice for radio. Like, when did you realize, like, you have that, uh,
1: you know, that that intangible? Well, it goes back to when I was eight years old. Soon after my uh, father passed away, uh, I came into the kitchen, and I said, "Hi, mom." And she goes, "Who are you?" I said, "Are you, are you okay?" I, I'm your son. It's Kevin. My voice changed overnight. Jesus Christ! And it, and, and then all of a sudden, I became a, a man at eight years old. You know? <laughs> uh, but I didn't hear it, you know, because you, you don't know because you're talking. But so I never heard it on any kind of recording or anything to realize right. it any different. But I could feel like a rumbling in my chest. I go like. Yeah,
0: that's something different yeah okay okay that's
1: when i first realized there was something going on with my uh my voice
0: man that's a, that, that's amazing i i always uh told myself let me get a chance to, to to uh talk to kevin man i gotta ask him about the voice man because prior to i'm gonna say maybe 2010 i always thought i say about 2005 i'm sorry i thought you was a uh I thought you was a black dude. Like I never like it was a coworker of mine uh, here at Metro one one day told you know ended up telling me, hey man, you remember Kevin? J-? Like because I, I you, you, it's I didn't see a lot of pictures of you. Yeah. So for all these years, I thought you was a brother. You know, as a kid, man. So it tripped me out. I was like, man, this is a white cat, man. This is like this is this is so dope, man. So am I? So. Am I the only person? I'm sure I'm not the only person that thought you was like a brother. You know, like on some Bobby Caldwell type shit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh, numerous. Oh I mean, like almost everybody would go like, what? (laughs) (laughs) You know, ever had every reaction possible. But I'm telling you, I've never had an adverse negative comment towards me when people found out that I was white. Right. You know uh and that's especially back then when you did not have social media and the visibility then you know you have to rely on you know doing um, work in the community or whatever and people go like oh you're white i go oh i'll fix that don't, don't worry uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but now people because you know they could look people up whatever to see pictures but back then yeah people right. were shocked. No but doubt. once again and i went to every part of dc you name the place i went there because i love working in the community i've never had anybody disrespect me or make an issue of skin color ever
0: right no nah, that's dope. that's, that's the one thing i yeah. love about dc is a very multicultural uh, yeah. city
1: but it's yeah. the way you carry yourself you know no. uh, i would go in these neighborhoods and you know, sometimes fear is associated with with hatred or non-understanding. Okay. I didn't go anywhere because I, I wasn't afraid of anybody because, you know.
0: Where did you live at when you when you when you first came to DC? What part of the, uh, the city did you live at? Name a
1: part of the city, and I lived there. <laughs> <laughs> say no more. Say no more. But uh, you know, uh, when I was in the army, uh, I lived in Georgetown. Okay. Uh, uh, Silver Spring. I spent a lot of time in Silver Spring, and probably most of my time in Silver Spring.
0: Okay, no doubt, no doubt. So, look, let's. I want. I want to move along a little bit, you know. So, like I said, I I come to know you from WKYS. So, you know, I didn't. Um, I sometimes forget that you started off at WPGC. So, yes.
1: Yeah.
0: What What led you from going to WPGC? To WK, what was that transition like, and why? Why, why did you make that transition?
1: I uh, was looking for work, and back then we had cassettes, so I sent a cassette to WKYS because I really liked WKYS. Okay. Well, lo and behold, eventually, and I don't know the time frame here. I got a call. Gordon Peele was the program director. So he called me in and he said, we're looking for somebody for a couple months just to fill in because they were going to an automation system at night. Okay. Now so explain we, that.
0: I, I, I've heard about that before. Explain what, what that means to the, to the viewers.
1: Automation, today it's with computers, you know, it's pre-programmed or, uh, you know, the voiceover, to, but back okay. then they had these reels. Right. The they reel to reel. Mm-hmm. And they would run that uh, at night I forget what the system was called but it was a pretty elaborate system I said wow. yeah, do it he goes oh Kevin by the way we never have openings here so he said a few weeks ago I threw away all the audition tapes because we have no turnover but your cassette fell through this one drawer and ended up on a a bottom drawer he says i opened this bottom drawer and there was one audition cassette there that was yours wow, <laughs> Talk wow. about eight yeah and yeah there and that that uh whatever it was supposed to be two months okay lasted like a long time i uh wow. i just i got lucky you know
0: yeah yeah that it was, it was it was meant to be so you know, um, a lot of us, you know, here in Washington, D.C., um, you know, we, we we one thing we take pride in is our radio personalities. And I know at the time, you know, like W.H.U.R., you had Melvin Lindsay. Were, were you ever like a, you know, like you ever you ever met him? Oh, I have great stories about Melvin Lindsay. Yeah. Talk talk about him a little bit, because I could go all day about some of the on their personalities. Um, but 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 share some stories about Melvin.
1: So Donnie Simpson eventually became program director. Okay. And I was doing my show on the weekend. and Pretty much I could play anything I wanted, you know, seven to midnight, Saturday and Sunday. Mm. But uh, I was a big fan of WHUR and more specifically, Melvin Lindsay. So I, I played slow jams, but I didn't call the show anything. So down the line, Donnie says, Kevin, Let's name your show. I said, okay. He says, write down ten titles that you right. would be comfortable with. So one day I, I make my list. He wanted 10. Well, my first one was slow jabs. Then I had a bunch of others, and then he came into the studio. But I didn't know what number 10 was. I, I just they ran out of box. Right. Oh, way back when there was a player for the back then the washington bullets named Manute bull
0: oh yeah i got his i used to have his jersey like right behind me i just took the jerseys down and replaced them oh. with records but it's upstairs somewhere number 10.
1: so number 10 was Man, the minute bull show so donnie looks through all the names and he goes what's this number 10. i said the minute bull show he goes i don't understand i said donnie you wanted 10 names Right. I couldn't think of a tenth, it's a joke. He goes, I don't get it. I said, well, oh, <laughs> you don't get the joke. <laughs> I said, and you're a funny man. So anyway, <laughs> we ended up uh, uh, condensing slow jams to the slow jam. Uh, the show did very well, and I owe it all to Melvin Lindsay. Did I copy him? To a certain degree, yes, but I used him as a, a blueprint of what right. I was going to do okay and ended up playing other things that people would ask for I'm very big on taking requests and playing them so it was a, a mixture of him and me but it eventually it became more like more R&B stuff you know and right. so I owe it all to, to Melvin Lindsay no doubt no well doubt. I called it the slow jam and the when I first started a lot of people probably don't understand ratings but I had a .5 which meant you know maybe a friend of mine and a dog were listening but I had no ratings but as time went by the ratings got really really big so and then uh, WKYS went to the trademark office and uh, applied for the trademark I didn't know they did that I went to the trademark office I said, I'll trademark it. They said, oh, it's already been done. They beat you to the punch. And they opened a drawer and there was like a T-shirt that I had designed or a listener had designed for me and copies of uh, audio of my uh, shows. And that's what they needed to to get the uh, trademark. Wow. That didn't bother me. So it, at least it had a trademark. Okay. And throughout all the years, uh, Well, first of all, after 10 years, that's how long is good WKYS gave it up. Make a long story short, I own. I was just about to ask. I own the slow jam trademark.
0: No doubt. Now, you know, I got to ask this because, you know, this this interview is like a personal for me. This is a dream for me because I remember I was a young kid in love with uh, rhythm and blues and I never heard the term slow jam before until your show. So, I want to know where are those recordings? Where oh. are some of those? Like, I would love to just go back in time to those days of just hearing you introduce Lavert and Keith Sweat and all these great rhythm and blues acts that we had a, a, at that time. But I would, where are they? I would love to know where they at. Is it anywhere where we can go to, like, download them? I mean, I, hell, I'll pay. I'll pay to download some of these uh, episodes. You
1: know i had some cassettes or something but i never recorded myself because i did not like listening to me therefore you know i don't have uh much i'm gonna have to look through you know because i moved so many times god knows where things are
0: okay
1: yeah really i think maybe i taped my last show before i left wky's yeah yeah
0: so so around this time so like i said um, I mentioned I mentioned Melvin. Did you guys have like? It's safe to say that you guys kind of had
1: like a little friendly friendly rivalry. Yes, because he ended up coming to WKYS.
0: Yeah, people forget about
1: that. NBC owned WKYS. Donnie came to me. I was a little hurt, not because of Melvin, but I would have liked to have been considered for that job. But I wasn't interviewed for it for the seven to midnight. Well, they hire Melvin Lindsay. And I said, did you bring the name Quiet Storm with him? They said, no, NBC did not want to get into any legal entanglement. So it's not coming. I go, well, I think that's a mistake. I said, Melvin is the greatest. But I think that moniker behind him, Quiet Storm, means a lot. So he changed the name of his show to Melvin's Melody. i enjoyed him so much can i tell you a couple of melvin stories
0: come on let's go let's go come on i'm here for it i'm here for it
1: let's uh, go. he had his uh, music in a library uh adjacent to the, the main music library greg diggs was the uh, uh, music director Okay. so melvin came to me and said kevin if there's anything you want to play in my collection You do that. And he gave me a key to that special room where all his music was. I think I might've used something once or twice, but it was all, you know, it was vinyl. So one day I went in there and I was looking for something. and I go like, how does he even find anything? There was no rhyme or reason. He just knew where to go and pick out a record.
0: Organized confusion.
1: (laughs) There you go. Uh, The following weekend, I came in three hours early and I alphabetized his library. It might have taken me four hours. I was just about to ask. Because <laughs> he had an extensive library. Hmm. The next weekend, I'm on the air, and the door opens to the studio, and there's Melvin with flowers and champagne. He said, Kevin, I can't even thank you enough. I can't believe you did that. I have no idea how long it took. I said, it was no problem. I said, maybe I was doing it for me so I could find something easier. But no, I did it because I wanted to make your life easier. No doubt. You know, because during the show, you have to run back and get something. Right, right. And he's such a gentleman. And uh, that especially, you know, bonded us, you know? Right. Okay. I could never say one bad word about Melvin Lindsay. You mm-hmm. know, I ego oriented uh, field you know people loved him but you know he didn't that fame did not go to his head he was an amazing man
0: no doubt no doubt so i want i want to let's go back to you know the, the 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 term the phrase slow jam like i said i never heard of that term until you so is it safe to say that you coined that term? Because again, I don't remember it. i never heard of it until your show. And if that's the case, tell me about, you know, um, that, t- tell me about you coining that phrase, um, if you did coin it and talk about, you know, what made you want to uh, start uh, your, your own show, the, uh, the the, you know, the slow jams, like talk about that. What made you put all of that together?
1: 1983. Midnight Star came out with her album, No Parking on the Dance Floor. Oh, yeah. On that album, Slow Jam. Oh, yeah. So that uh, gave me the idea. I go, I'll call my show Slow Jam. So right around, you know, maybe eight or nine months after that album came out, I named my show Slow Jam. Being just Kevin James, I I said, Kevin James. I said, I'll be Kevin. Let me see. Kevin Slow, Jim and James. <laughs> so right, right. Melded together, you know. But uh, it was from that song by Midnight Star.
0: I forget it. I forget about that because again, I was just a little kid when that song came out. So I definitely don't remember that. So went again, the first time I heard that uh that term was 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 through you, but you're right, it did. It was um the 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 name the, the phrase was coined before your show, so um but I think you popular popularize it here in Washington DC.
1: Yeah, and everywhere and people take try to take credit for it and and, and I'm not saying, "Oh wow. Right. I'm not saying I'm the best. I, I was just the person to come up with that name." Right. So Flow Jam did uh, emanate from that record and from me and Donnie Simpson and name in my show. And then you know that you Came up with a good name when people start using it all over the country and all over the world you know right 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 and you know uh, i probably could go after a lot of people right now because i own you know the the trademark
0: so look look
1: let's talk about that
0: time man it's a very special time in 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 pop culture and rhythm and blues uh culture and definitely dc uh culture so what was it like you know being on the radio during that time man you know being the 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 voice of, you know, the the Kevin Slow Jam and James man. What was it like, you know,
1: being that guy here in the city, man? You know, well, talk I was, about that a little bit. I was just part of the puzzle, you know. The, there was Candy Shannon, uh, Donny Simpson, Jeff Leonard, Chuck Davis. The lineup through the day was amazing. The Captain Paul Porter, you know, these were names uh, synonymous with WKYS and uh, and DC Radio and you know once again i was just to, to me just a, a small part of it but somehow that niche that slow jam thing you know because you know bridging the generations uh if we want to talk about it a little bit i,
0: I come on uh, come on let's go
1: bridging the the genres because i moved to los angeles in 1990 and that's because of mellow lindsey because i was not offered the job and i was you know, he signed a million dollar contract Million dollar.
0: a lot of people forget about that.
1: Yeah, $250,000 a year. Blessed he deserved it. He earned it. Yeah, yeah. but I was making $26,000. And I said, it's time for me to move on. And once again, there was no hatred. No, it just I knew it was time to go. Now, now I got to stop you for a
0: second, Kev. What hours were you on, you know, for the for the fans who don't know and I'm not going to lie, man. It was so long ago. I know I used to hear you at nighttime, but what, what, what were the hours that you were on around that time?
1: Seven to midnight, Saturday and Sunday. Jeez. And the Sunday night was the one that were first started. Yeah,
0: I- man. I remember them Sunday nights, man. Oh,
1: God. Talk about
0: them, them Sunday nights. Whew. I remember hearing, you know, you playing, you know, James Ingram and, you know, uh, Anita Baker. I mean, uh, Allison Williams. I mean, it... it one thing I used to love about your show, you used to play the songs that you would normally not hear on the radio. You would play, like, the album cuts. So talk about that, man. Like, what was it like to, you know, kind of break some of these records, man? I, I, I feel like you broke a lot of records um, that have went on to become classics, man. What, what was it like being able to be in charge of uh,
1: your own playlists? Just to, to break way just a little bit here today is i think today's anita baker's birthday i remember candy shannon coming in to me one day and said who are you playing this anita baker who is this so pretty much i broke the songstress album and anita baker but i'll never forget candy going like why i said she's good right and happy birthday yeah yeah we all january we all you just
0: celebrated a birthday and i just celebrated you just uh your birthday january the 8th there you go, yeah. I'm January the 16th. Nice Capricorn people. Yeah, there we go. There we go. I had 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 to throw that in there. Had, had to throw that in there.
1: But you know what? I had a thing where back then there was vinyl and I just wanted to play good music. Right. So I would get these albums. Uh, I was never serviced by record companies. Sometimes there were songs, which I'll maybe tell another time how i found a song that became a classic in the trash can in the music room mm. but i would get albums and stuff that uh, you know greg would just give me say i'm not going to play this i'm not going to play that but you know whatever and uh, some of those probably deserved to be in the trash can but i found some gems and a song that i really get a lot of response to fade away by the elements of love.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm gonna yeah. give. I'm gonna give. Before you say anything else, I want to give you three of my favorite songs that I remembered you playing that broke that introduced me to these songs when I didn't know that they existed. I'm gonna. Go, I can remember three, but go ahead. I want to finish. No, give me your. Give me
1: your three.
0: Okay, I remember 1988, 89. You played. I don't know if you remember this because you broke so many. You played Lavert feel real now at that time lavert was huge like they were so huge in washington dc i thought they were actually from dc i didn't know they was from like cleveland and i'm good friends with mark gordon by the way we got some things in the work so that's another conversation for another day so um at that time they had addicted to love they had pop up up goes my mind they had uh casanoa a bunch of hits um and i remember one night man I heard this this nice saxophone, and I mean this, it, 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 this 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 tempo built up, and it was the song "Feel Real" off of the um, "Just Cooling" album. And you never would hear that song. Like the only time I heard that song was on your show. Then there was another song by Ah man. Um, I re- oh, I'm trying to think of it trying to think of it. Uh James Ingram. And it was uh on his first album. And it was called um She Loves Me The Best That I Can Be. Yes. Never heard that song before. Never heard I remember you playing that and then I remember you playing um Michelle probably again you probably don't remember this. Um Michelle uh if I can, uh, silly love song. Never, right. never heard, never heard that song before. Come to find out that Enchantment did that song. Yeah, prior, but those three songs still resonate in my memory. I remember you playing those songs like it was yesterday. <laughs> so you introduced me to those those three songs right there. Made me go get this, uh, the the vinyl, the CD. Yeah. Um. So thank you, brother.
1: You're welcome, and. I have to put a kudo into Donnie Simpson. He let me run my show. And as you know, even back then, right, computers just got introduced to studios and you pretty much had to play what was on that computer. Right. He would question me sometimes because he didn't know some of the songs. He goes, But Kevin, I'm not gonna question your madness. That was his terms. And yeah. let me do what I do. Without his blessing, I could never uh been able to, to play some of those hidden gems
0: yeah that that was the thing that was the thing about you you know you played the hidden gems man you played the songs that we wanted to hear more often on the radio man we we always knew you know uh sunday night we're going to hear something that we probably overlooked. and you know for some reason man it's just like you you had the midas touch man you your ear you know your ear for music, man, is just amazing, Kevin. I always wanted to tell you that, brother. Your, your ear for music is just impeccable, man. So, I mean, where did you get that from?
1: Like, like it's it's almost second to none. It's not all me because listeners would call. I mean, yeah, most of it's me. Yeah, I just came up with this stuff, right? Because here is an interesting thing: we had vinyl, right? Before I would listen to something, I would put a piece of paper over the cover because I did not want to see the visual of who was recording the song. Gotcha. I, I don't want anything to prejudice me from what I'm hearing on this record. Mm-hmm. So I would listen to something da, 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 and I go, I'm going to add it. Then you look and you go, "Like, oh, that's not who I thought it would be. you know. Uh, so I put blinders on it in that respect just so I would... Judge the song on its merit, and not on the, the the gender or the the race of the person recording it. Made no, no difference. And uh, a quick story here. Come on, I, 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 this is I've been waiting 30 plus
0: years for this. Come, Come on, brother, let's go,
1: <laughs> let's go. I go into Greg Diggs' office, uh, Greg Diggs, and he had the albums coming out of the trash. I said, "Can I have uh, those?" He goes. Well, when they're in a trash can for a reason. So I, I pulled three records out, took them home and listened to them. Two, I threw away. But the one really caught my interest. But in that time and period, I thought the lyrics were a little risque. I played it for a friend. They go, I like it, but wow, those lyrics. I go, I'm going to play it so I started playing the song and the reaction was phenomenal maybe after three weeks of playing this song Donnie calls me. goes, what are people talking about the song you're playing at night I he says I know you're playing a lot of music but what is the song everybody's talking about and I go Shirley Murdoch as we lay so it went from the trash can to an all-time classic. I just interviewed her 4 months ago. Oh my.
0: And 4 then, months ago, you got to check that interview out. I just interviewed Shirley Moddard 4 months ago. yeah. And she and she told she told me about the making of the song and it's a, it's a dope interview. Check it out when you get a chance. So, with, with, with I mean, that's 1986, 87, something like that. Exactly. Uh wow, man. That's what I'm talking about. That's that ear. That's that impeccable music sense that you had brother
1: and go on without you was on that album too mm-hmm. long, i played that one and uh, years later when i came to la I, I met her briefly uh she was uh the warm-up for uh, roger and zap you know they work together she's on slow and easy yeah, yeah, yeah. right 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 um,
0: she was a part of that whole that that whole troutman uh, camp
1: yeah so uh that was an example uh many many uh, oh here we go that I knew there was something on my mind <laughs> a listener called me one day and there one night and said uh, Kevin EU I know they're a go-go band funk I band. was
0: about to get into some go-go shit but I was like you know what let me let me take it easy because we on some slow we, we we talking slow jams but come on I'm gonna let you run with this let's go let's go
1: <laughs> the album the EU album I'm forgetting the name of it at the time uh came out on a Saturday A listener called me that night and said There's a song on the EU album I said EU She says it sounds like what you play
0: Yeah man People, I forget. Said, People forget, forget they had some, some slow jams game, Go
1: ahead, go ahead. <laughs> So it was in the studio I previewed it for like 20 seconds I go oh yeah I had it on the air like Five minutes later I got a thing for you mm. EU Classic Classic so listeners would help me out because they know and do know and did know if there's something that to be discovered and I haven't, they'll discover it for me. Mm-hmm. So it was like a, <laughs> a coordination between me and the audience, which that has was, always yeah. been the case. Yeah, yeah. no,
0: that's 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 amazing, man. Hey, so so Kev, you know, me being a longtime fan of yours, if we get, you know, one thing I I love about you is your your um your sense for great music your ear for great music i mean if we can if we could talk like you know if we could put you on an island with like five
1: albums what would your five albums be Ooh. well i can tell you groups confunction is probably number one
0: okay that's fair we let's go let's go to artists let's go that's fine um uh,
1: uh enchantment ej johnson of enchantment i love that group uh yeah. marvin Gaye would be yeah. right up there okay uh earth wind and fire mm. solo artist i love jeffrey osborne of course that was yeah. ltd and then jeffrey osborne yeah yeah but i could go on and on and on but no my number no. one go to you gonna leave an album with me on an island I want confusion. for Confu- I I interviewed Michael Cooper
0: like six months ago.
1: Yeah, nice yeah. guy. Yeah, we've talked great about guy, a- great guy a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Let so, me grab so, real quick here. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, by the way, you see here behind me. I see me? it.
0: I see you working you're working
1: yeah so if we go here and you give me a name of a song i can find it like in 10 seconds
0: man i know that's right (laughs) he got the library out okay okay
1: you said james ingram right so i can go
0: yeah that that um she loves me the best that i can be i believe that was on um his first album on warner brothers on warner brothers slash quest records
1: Yep. Anyway, I've got six thousand five hundred songs, so Woo! pretty much everything that uh, you'd want to hear, I've got right back. Gotta
0: yeah. love technology. Gotta love. So, look, let's let's fast forward a little bit. Um, Nineteen ninety, you you end up moving to Los Angeles. You know what was that like? You know, um, as far as just moving from one coast to 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 another. You know, did, have you ever? You know, prior to uh, that time, did have you ever visited uh, the West Coast or?
1: I, briefly one time, and it was more like the, the suburbs, so I had no idea about Los Angeles. Okay. I quit radio because I wasn't getting paid enough. I wasn't offered mm-hmm. the, the job at WKYS. So I came out to do voiceover in Los Angeles. My voiceover coach, Maurice Tobias, said, Kevin, there's a station here in Los Angeles. It kind of sounds like the station you worked for in DC WKYS mm-hmm. I checked them out but they were playing that program stuff it, back then it was all Luther and Whitney Houston and uh, you know there was no Top variety, 40. no variety. Right. So, uh, once again I might be going off on a tangent here so I'm listening one night and their night show was called Night Beat and they played always and forever and then it just ended I go Where's the rest of the song? Well, it turns out I found out there was a short version to Always and Forever.
0: You mean oh. the one by Heatwave?
1: Yeah, I said, oh no. So I called the radio station the next day. I said, hi, I'm a listener. And uh, <laughs> I heard you play the short version of Always and Forever. <laughs> and they put uh, Liz Kylie, who worked in DC radio for a long time, was the operations manager Mm -hmm. for 92.3 The Beat. And she goes, Oh, we've been looking for that long version for forever. You know, back then it wasn't easy to find stuff. I said, I have the CD. Can I bring it to you? She goes, okay. Nobody's ever brought us music before, but let's do it. Okay. I took the CD there. Three days later, I get a call. You can come pick up your CD and I was on un- unemployment. I had no job. Oh. So, so I go to the station, which was walking distance because I had no car. LA, that big LA. And I was walking distance to the radio station in Hollywood. And I got my CD and I was getting ready to leave and the receptionist said, Our was well, she general manager, operations manager, whatever? Liz Kylie wants to speak to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, the receptionist, Marilyn, delightful woman, rest in heaven. And so, Liz Kylie came out and said, "Thank you. Nobody's ever brought us a, a piece of music before. It was perfect. We needed it." She says, "Kevin, what's your last name?" I said, "James." Not the same, Kevin James from DC Radio. I go. Guilty, that's me. (laughs) And uh, she said, are you looking for work? And immediately I said, no. Now, how brilliant was my mind back then? I'm walking back to my apartment. I said, I think I was just offered a job in radio in the second largest market in the United States. Yeah, man. No. And I'm on unemployment. What was wrong with me? I thought about it and i said i don't want to sound too hasty so i waited a day or two i called back i said i might have been a little rushed to that answer mm-hmm. they called me in mike strafford who ended up working for quincy jones eventually said uh, hey i like what you're doing i i, I sent him or gave him a cassette tape he goes what are you looking for i said i said i'm always on a sunday night show He goes, it's exactly what we have I said, wow, that's how my uh, show started on 92.3, the beat, by the way, the original beat. Mm -hmm. K. what, KKBT? Uh, KKBT. Mm -hmm. Uh, And my show took off, the program director was going nuts. He goes, what are you playing? You're playing DC music. I said, I'm just playing music. It's not labeled to an area. Maybe that's the music i played when i was back then but i think it's universal right well it took off it went mm. nuts. the show went nuts the uh, people in la had never heard i destroyed your love they hadn't they hadn't heard this stuff and it's, it's a huge city and i have so many stories i could tell about this maybe we'll do a, a part two here
0: yeah 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 I'm, I'm let's let's do it let's do it
1: yeah, okay but uh, that's what uh transpired there I ended up on the beat then they changed the format a little bit a lot so instead of R&B adult contemporary whatever you know urban contemporary they brought in a new program director Keith Naftali and I was not invited to the original meeting they brought all new people from San Francisco Okay and then most of the people were fired and brought in the new people but i wasn't given a pink slip but yet i wasn't invited to the meeting right so i'm by this office i said hey keith <laughs> he says oh i know we did not invite you to the meeting he said i don't know what to do with you he said please go, go look for a job you have our blessing mm. so he kept listening And he called me in one day and he goes, I'm still thinking about it yet. I still had a job next week. He goes, it's marinating. I said, that's good, huh? He goes, it's not bad. Right. Then he said, I don't know what you're playing. You are now a feature show on the weekend. I went, wow. In Los Angeles. They, they became a, uh, and that might have been before Keith Nathalie, but when Keith Nathalie came, they became true to the streets. He became a real rap hip hop station. Mm. And, you know, the, that's when they said, that We probably won't keep you. But he goes, For some reason, I just like what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing, but, but I like it. Yeah. Then, an interesting part of this a gentleman who all Reveal his name in a little bit. Went to the program director's office and said, Hey, this is Kevin James, you need him on the radio more. He's not on enough. He goes, I'm in the streets. I know people are listening to this guy. Give him more time.
0: I think I know who you're talking about, but keep going. Easy E. <laughs> that was close. Who were you going to say? I was going to say Snoop because I don't know. Snoop loves rhythm and blues.
1: Oh, yeah, we'll get to Snoop, but uh, yeah, that, go that ahead. was yeah. that before I knew Snoop. Uh, so Eazy-E and I became friends. i come in there some days just to talk to him. He had me record some stuff for his new album, which didn't happen because he passed away. But okay. Very class act. And when you go back to NWA, Eazy-E, Eric Wright, wow. Yeah. So i um uh, bridging the genres. I guess that'll be my, my podcast. Bridget yeah, yeah, yeah. So talk
0: this. talk about let me let, 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 let's 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 break this up a little bit. Let's, you know, um you know, because around this time hip hop is ascending yes. and, and rhythm and blues is still is is still the dominant uh genre, especially as far as like black uh culture, uh black music. But um hip hop is it's coming. So what was your take on the whole hip hop, you know, the whole hip hop movement movement when it really started to take off around that time? You know, because we we know Kevin James from being the slow jams guy,
1: you know. So. Just to finish up on easy e the day before I moved
0: to
1: Los Angeles, okay. he was on one of these uh, programs, Nightline or one of those songs, or the songs, one of those shows, right? right. and I was saying to the TV, I don't like this man. They're talking about cop killing and all of this. I go, who is this man? I don't like him. Well, that's the same easy E that I meet. What are the odds of this? At the beat and becomes friends of mine. Reveals all this valuable information in history. Loved Eric Wright. I really, and that was the start of uh, realizing that I was being followed by People in the rap and hip hop game, because <laughs> no doubt, no they doubt. were me to play things, so they could sample them, because they knew I would play things that the average radio station didn't play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Down the road, uh, I'm friends with Martin Lawrence, and he and his sister used to call every weekend at WKYS to hear Chapter Eight. I just want to be your girl. Oh, Anita Baker. Yeah. uh So. That's before she started her solo career. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I had that relationship with uh, him and his sister, Ray, come out to California. Uh, He invites me to the the taping of the Martin Show. And I'm going to brush through some of the stuff. But that's where I met Snoop. And the night before, he was on the Arsenio Hall Show with a very controversial interview. And when I watched it, I said, I love this man. I've never heard anybody so truthful in my life.
0: I remember the episode. Oh, now, now, yeah. now, Snoop was at the Martin show. Was um, was was this the episode that Snoop was actually on? Because I remember he was on Martin one time.
1: Okay, this was a that was later. Okay, but uh, in the first, and I don't know why they had him there, but maybe they had ideas for him. But they had a it was a Christmas party okay. on stage. And, and I look off stage, you know, and I'm looking, I'm looking, I go, there's a man sitting by himself. And I never like anybody to be lonely. There's a man sitting there in a director's chair off stage. I said, I'm going to go say hi because I feel bad for them. Maybe, I don't know. I go up to this gentleman. I said, then I realized it was Snoop Dogg. I said, hey, I know you're just chilling. I just wanted to say hi, because, you know, I want to make sure if you needed anything or whatever. Yeah. He goes, yeah. do, I you? do I know you? I said, uh, no, you don't. He says, yeah, oh I do. You're Kevin Jam and James. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and then he says to me, you got some shit I need. I go, what do you need? And then he started rattling off music, including Lenny Williams, Because I Love You. He loves it. I'll have it to you by tomorrow. We exchanged phone numbers.
0: Interview Lenny Williams, by the way, too. I gotta throw that in there, too, by the way. What's that? I interviewed Lenny Williams, by the way, too. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: That yeah. was the
1: first song he mentioned. So I go home, and back then we had the Dats, D-A-T's. And right. I had to put up a DAT with all kinds of music, including Pay as a Dog, because Stoop Dog, Dog. Da, 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 da.
0: Stylistics.
1: No, uh, uh, yeah, stylistics. So... I call him the next day. I said, where do you want me to bring the, the music? I got music for you. I got everything you wanted plus a lot more. He said, can I come to the station? I've never been there before. I said, Snoop, I just met you. I don't want you to think that I'm giving you something to get something in return. That's not that. I'm just going to give you the music. He goes, I've never been to the beat. I said, sure. And I had to clear it through the program director. And I said, can I bring Snoop over here? And he, I swear the program director almost fell out of the chair. He goes, Snoop Dogg?
0: Yeah, go, yeah. So, now, now for, the, for the audience, real quick, I got to say this. I got to interject. I know people, uh, you know, they, they say, oh, Malaki always stop in the interview. But I got to say this real quick. At this time, Snoop Dogg was the biggest rap artist in the world arguably one of the biggest artists in the world so we're talking about 92 93 so i just got to give some context to what, you're, yeah. to what you're talking about so go ahead uh kevin especially that first album
1: uh doggy style doggy
0: style's crazy which you're, which you're wearing that jacket the jacket is from oh, people who may not know
1: commercial time snoopy's clothing in los angeles near south Uh-oh. stadium you can get a jacket that looks like
0: this yeah yeah yeah. Like this on the back check it out check it out no doubt no snoopy's doubt
1: watching i did my job
0: shameless plug uh go ahead (laughs) kev so
1: uh the program director was like amazed you're bringing snoop dog snoop doggy dog you're bringing him to this radio station i go yeah he goes i have a little bit of a cold by the way anyway he comes to the station. I said, "Be beware. They're going to ask you to do stuff. They'll put you on the radio. They're going to ask you to do drops. I said, I want you to know that I would have taken that uh, music to you and given it to you anywhere. He goes, Kevin, it's okay. He comes. Sure enough, they put him on the radio with Lisa Canning doing a night beat. Right. Then there's a little bit of a ruckus. Uh-oh. Some man came to the gate. A very heavily guarded i think i know who that is suge knight there we go breaks down the gate comes in there he's having a conversation kind of some yelling they go into a room when they're yelling at each other they come out i said snoop after i got him to the side i said are you okay don't worry that's just suge being suge (laughs) <laughs> but that was i'm going like oh my god uh, what happened what, what did i do here right right <laughs> then then he they had him in there doing drops and this is this is kind of funny so he's doing his um rap uh drops for those that are uh, when what want to drop is it's just mentioning like let's say um bridging Virginia- what i asked yeah. you to do <laughs> earlier <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it, it's a drop so right. he's doing all the drops for the different DJs, and then he starts doing it for me, and then he's doing it rap style. I said, "Snoop, hold on, stop the recording." He goes, "What?" I said, "I do slow jams. You're you're doing me a, a rap, the intro." He says, "Look at Kevin James trying to be a director." He goes, Look, <laughs> "He goes, I like it." <laughs> so he does. A, I have some. I'm gonna play it on here. Some. Classic ones he did for me. Uh, And at the time, from some stupid thought in my mind, I changed the name of my show to The Love Affair.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And and I came back to Slow Jam. But anyway, that was Snoop. And then another time, uh, I took a music. And he, you ever heard of Roscoe's? Chicken and Walk? Roscoe's, of course. I've I've been to Roscoe's at least twice. Okay. In Los Angeles. Yeah. The main one on Melrose. Uh, That's the one I've been to. That's where I took uh, Snoop, um, another uh, set of music for him. I said, where do you want to meet? He goes, how about Roscoe's? I said, I'll be there. Yeah. And I said, I got to do it quick because I got to come back home. So I park up, you know, at a meter. I look over there and there he is outside. And I run across the street and I said, and I think I might have had a CD recorder back then because, you know, it was early on and I gave him the the music and I said oh uh oh so <laughs> when I turned to look across the street the meter maid was getting ready to write a ticket so you know I, I run across the street too late she goes I already put it in the the system I, go <laughs> I know that feeling and here here in
0: DC they don't play
1: yeah they don't I play back across the street and all Snoop said was I would have been there. <laughs> I was, I was uh, part of the term "too slow," getting across the street. <laughs> he said, "I would have been there."
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And obviously, this has developed into much, much more. My relationship with uh, Snoop Dogg. And uh, back in the day, uh, my first time, uh, Death Row Records is actually Can-Am Studios in Tarzana, California. Mm -hmm. So Snoop called me one day, he goes, I need a copy of Shirley Jones, Do You Get Enough Love? I said, I can bring it to you. That was my first time to Death Row Records. And- talk about that. What was that like? Because
0: people don't understand the height that Death Row was at that time, man. For my young listeners, for my young viewers, it was it was something that i i doubt you'll probably ever see again so talk, talk about it a little bit kev
1: i didn't even know myself the the magnitude of where i was and what i was doing right but i brought him the cd then uh, and he ended up doing a song do you smoke enough Bud? do you get enough love do you smoke anyway they he used that song as a, a sample for his song then other times he called me in to do drops. Then I end up in the studio with him and the dog pound. DPG. And I'm just sitting there like this, smoke everywhere. I couldn't even scoot. <laughs> dogs barking, and you know, not barking, but there were dogs everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just minding my own business. I'm sitting there just like this. Snoop says, KJ. I said, yeah he goes why don't you drop on the end of this song i said what song he said smooth as i asked each question he gets more and more irritated because i have i'm asking questions i said okay he says why don't you step up to the mic and say something okay I said, okay, uh, what do you want me to say? And then he's really agitated. You're a DJ, say something. <laughs> he scared me. First thing out of my mouth. Hi, I'm Kevin Slow and James from 92.3 The Beat. I remember this, that. This shit sounds smooth. Yeah. Get me an application. I'm switching up. Yeah. I want to work for W Balls. He goes, okay. I said, okay, what? He goes, you're done
0: that's on that dog food album
1: yep smooth that's on that dog
0: food i, I had that i had i still i still have that go so ahead, go ahead i'm sorry it's
1: so funny because i didn't know what i was doing it was one take he didn't say <laughs> like do it over he goes that's it
0: one a quitter
1: and that album didn't come out for a while because that was the album that uh dog food that caused such a controversy and led to ratings you know R-rated, whatever, but it held up uh, the distribution of that. That's a CD. classic
0: album, by the way, classic album.
1: But it held it up for like almost three months because um, they had to get all that rating stuff worked out. Right. I remember going to the station one day and a uh, big DJ in Los Angeles, Theo, said, hey, I heard you on the Dog Pound album. I go, what are you talking about? I had forgotten I had done that thing. I didn't know it was going to be on the album.
0: Mm.
1: he says listen to this i go that's me he goes i know it's you (laughs) so uh that's how i found out about it and another little funny story i sent the album to my mom because i was proud i made it on a cd you know yeah and as you know and a lot of your listeners know it's not the cleanest lyrics you've ever heard in your life (laughs) so it's funny all the Cursing and all that, I called my mama and I sent her a CD player, a little Sony thing. She goes, "I listened to that music you sent me." He said, "So she says, but you said shit." I said, "After all that cursing on that album, she had to pick out the part where I said." (laughs) 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 But anyway,
0: that's 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 dope. That's dope, man. I I was I was always wanted to know how. You know how did you link up with snoop because I, I you know I, I follow you on instagram and i see the relationship man and you know it, it's what 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 has how has it been working with snoop dog for the past we we'll are talking going on 30 years man what what has it been like
1: yeah well first of all before i answer that i go to death row records one day i'm standing there and tupac walks up oh god he gives he said hey and he says hey yeah. you want a cap i go yeah then uh as i did the different recordings there i did a lot by the way every time i walked out and if you saw uh straight out of compton they showed the inside of the canham studios mm-hmm. but i'd go by this huge studio and a huge control board and there was a man behind that board and i go I go oh I said, he said kev come on in the D.R.E.
0: Yeah. Don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I couldn't help myself, Kim. I'm sorry. I could, I'm, a, I'm a huge Death Row Records fan. I'm sorry. I, oh, no,
1: please. Interject anytime you want. So, uh, I said, come on in, come on in. I said, you're busy. So every time I said the same thing, because I was there a lot, I go, hey, Dre. I said, Another time, another time. <laughs> but I never.
0: Now, he's a he's a he's a big uh, rhythm and blues lover, lover too. You know. Um, oh yeah. Got to got to put some respect on Dr. Dre's name. And he he. Matter of fact, you know, um, he's one of the greatest producers of all time, and he he also produced that Miss Chalet album, which was an R and B album. So I, he's very. Um, I got one of one of why I love guys like him because he can jump from genre to genre. You know, he's not just limited. To it's just, just like Snoop.
1: Their their understanding of every whether it's Frank Sinatra or Donald right. Hampton or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, their knowledge is beyond anybody I've ever uh, been around. Yeah. to Be yeah. honest with you. But that experience there, uh, you know, doing all those drops and. Uh, there's so many stories about Can-Am. I call it Can-Am Studios, but Death Row Records, you know.
0: Now, Can-Am, if I'm not mistaken, that used to be Dick Griffey's studio, uh, Solar, right? If I'm not mistaken. Didn't Solar, the Solar Record, uh, Solar. They used to be Solar Records? You know,
1: I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised. There were beautiful studios. Okay. But I don't know if uh, Solar uh, worked out of there or not, but I wouldn't be surprised. There were... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, class a1 uh, studios but i'd be in there and one day i'm in there recording uh, i think it was for that part i remember saying you got much love from the dog pound the lbc and it was i was doing something for south central yeah, that, that
0: shit tripped me out i'm sorry that shit tripped me out when i heard you on a dog food album. i was like what the heck? I never in a million years I would thought Kevin Slow Jam and James would be on a doleful album. I'm sorry. Like, I can remember breaking open that CD and just listening to that. So it just, um, hearing this is like a dream come true to me. You know? I'm sorry. But,
1: but how did that happen to me? I don't know. I'm an R&B Man. basically guy. But I got embraced by the rap and hip hop community. And that's just continued on and on. Real right. quick about Misha I used to go visit my mom in Philadelphia, uh, she goes, I know you're going to go to get a cheesesteak, you're going to go ah, and then you're going to go record shopping, but I'll see you when you come back. She lived in uh, Center City. So I'm at this record shop in uh, the middle of Philadelphia, and this guy says, hey, Kevin, we've got something here. We're not going to play it, but
0: now we now, now record. So when we talk about repo? Repo Records, that's my favorite record store in Philadelphia, Repo Records. No,
1: uh, I can't remember the name of the store. It's On South Street,
0: uh, right across from uh, Ishka Bibble's uh, Cheesecake. Oh,
1: Ishka I love Ishka Bibble's. Yes. Uh, but uh, Third Street Jazz was one place, but this, this was, it'll come to me eventually. No doubt, go ahead. Uh, it gives me the album. I go back to DC. I play it. I go. I kind of like this thing. World class wrecking crew. Mm. Turn off the lights, Lonzo. And then there's a, a young lady on that album.
0: Mm. Talk Turn about a- it.
1: Talk about it. Let's go. That was Misha Lay before Michele. it became a solo act. So Uncredited. I'm- they didn't even credit her on, on. No, but I was playing it two years before it came out. Exactly exactly <laughs> i
0: remember hearing that
1: on your show i go to los angeles and you know so the time frame might have been like a year and a half two years later they bring the song out like it was brand new i said oh my god i've been <laughs> playing that thing for, for two years that's you know? what i'm talking about kim that's that
0: impact man you just got this keen uh, man this these spidey senses man for just great music
1: man you yeah, know so on there you know uh, dr dre and I think there's a song called "Lovers," you know, where Dr. Dre—he was really young at the time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: doing a little DJ thing—and but anyway, so I was connected to to that uh, culture before I even knew. Right. So like right. two years later, they start playing the song, and like it's brand new. I go, "This is not brand new. Right. This two years ago." Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So I gotta, I gotta ask you this, Kevin. We, you know, I want to get ready to wrap, wrap this thing up, man. Um, what was the difference you know from moving from transitioning from washington dc to la what was like the 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 culture as far as like rhythm and blues we know um these legendary uh hip hop acts you know such as nwa and snoop Dogg, tupac a lot of these guys man but as far as um what was the reception like for you and what was the reception like for rhythm and blues in general um compared to uh washington dc
1: they were way behind it was just the the fluff stuff the fluff music the, the everyday songs that you hear anywhere right then i was playing uh, these deep tracks whatever you want to call them mm-hmm. guy by the name of roger clayton called me i didn't know who he was but he was like the godfather of some of the music in la uncle jam's army and uh, he befriended me because i don't know who you are and what you're doing, but it is doing things in L.A. that have never happened before. You're playing music, in some cases, the music has never been played in L.A. You're doing something like in any owned record shops. And then I ended up, there's so many stories I could tell you, but I ended up going to um, South Central uh, DJ Records and do appearances with my Slow Jams, the Timeless Collection series.
0: Yeah, it's, Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to get into that. You know, how did what led to that? You know, let's let's jump into that.
1: You know, okay. you got it. You got a
0: collection series of slow jams that was released on CD. Um, What? How, how did you get that? How did that come about?
1: I, I played softball with Eric J.T. Turner at WKYS, you know, a big ball player. Mm-hmm. He ended up coming to the West Coast and worked for Capital EMI. Mm-hmm. He calls me one day says, Kevin. I want you to meet somebody uh over here at the label his name is Tom Cartwright so I go over there just hey I'm going to meet a friend hi 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 and they were doing slow jams of the 70s slow jams of the 60s but they were you know decade produced he says, was, so- was
0: Larkin Arnold was he still at Capitol Records around that time who Larkin Arnold he's the guys that like uh found that, like Frankie you know um help you know um he was very instrumental as far as like Frankie Beverly and Mays, you know, because I didn't have okay. a record that
1: I don't remember. But I remember sitting across from this Tom Cartwright. He goes, well, what do you want to do? I said, what do you mean? What do I want to do right? You want to put an album together or a series together? I go, I had to think quick It's like Snoop Dog going at me. Oh, I got oh, to come up with something. I go, OK, he says, what do you want to call it? I go. Well, you have the 70s and the 80s and the 60s and 80s how about slow jams the timeless collection mm. that's it that fast i hadn't thought about it it was just off the top of my head right so we put together volumes one and two i kept them not generic but each of the first two volumes had like Deeper tracks like Lenny Williams, "Cause I Love You," you know, mm-hmm. and some of the familiar stuff. I said, if they continue to use me, what I'll do is get deeper and deeper. So, Volume One debuted on the the charts, the top 100, not R&B, just the top 100, like at number that's
0: 42. Yeah, folks who don't that's know, really- that's a big that's a big deal. That's a big deal.
1: And then Volume Two, I think, was number 67. They were amazed. Then ended up doing, ended up whatever it was uh, nine, ten volumes of that, but I didn't get all the songs I wanted because you have to get the licensing rights for mm. these songs. But I got pretty much what I wanted. Okay. Even Tom would go. I don't know what that song is, but I trust you. I actually went to a place in Hollywood where they put it together and, you know, assembled the the tracks. Right and i said can we you know because most people when you listen to a cd there's like two three seconds and then the other song starts right same on an album you know you wait you wait right Said, is there any way we could just close that gap with just a sliver he goes we can do that we we haven't done that i go let's can we do that please so i'd be there cueing them at, at the end of a song you know they had the masters by the way of these songs so one song would be ending and i go and i'd go like when to start the next one, you know? So when you got the CD, even though there there was a track number, when you listened to it, it all came, uh, It sounded like, like a show. Yeah, yeah. No and, doubt, uh, no doubt. So uh, I just lucked into that, you know. Uh, hold on one second, I gotta do something on my computer real quick. Okay. Battery, oh, okay, we're okay. I'm back.
0: Yeah, and, so let's, let's, let's um... Let's fast forward a little bit. Let's come up to date. So, you know, right now you're currently working under us, uh, you know, with with Snoop Dogg and, uh, you know, you're collaborating with him. Um, But you also have your own podcast. So talk about, you know, what led you from what led you to reuniting with Snoop um, and talk about your 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 uh, your podcast, you know, because you have a pretty pretty uh, dope show.
1: I was working in San Diego, Magic 92.5. Okay. And they were doing a show called Quiet Storm, which I I hated because don't call your show a quiet storm when there's only one original. But anyway, Mm. I did it. And it got to the point where they picked out all the music. I was hating it. So out of the blue, uh, I had a message from uh, Michelle S., who was a A friend of mine and a former program director said, Snoop Dogg wants to talk to you. I said, I don't know how to get a hold of him. So I think he did it through Facebook first. We exchanged numbers. He says, Kevin. And he starts saying, "Uh, Dash Radio, Cadillac Music. I go, that means nothing to me. He says, will you like music? He says, will you? I said, yes. He goes, I didn't even ask you anything yet. I said, you're going to ask me something. I'm just going to say right now, yes. He, said, well, <laughs> uh, he says, Cadillac Music is a radio station, internet radio station on Dash Radio. I said, I'm in. I moved three weeks later, actually asked for a couple CDs. He wanted to test it out on, on the radio. Right. So I had an intern at the time named Jacqueline and we drove up to Los Angeles and she said, where are we going? From, you know, from San Diego. I said, I don't know. I have to deliver these CDs some way. I can't deliver them to Snoop Dogg because mm-hmm. I don't know where he lives. We look up the address of Dash Radio. We go there and as luck would have it, all the principal people, uh, Jay Love and the people like that and DJ Ski were there. So they took the CDs. It turns out they load those CDs and play them on the particular radio stations that are part of Dash Radio. And uh, I hope we don't run out of power. When we're down to 10%. We should be okay. Uh, and I didn't know if I was going to be paid. And my program director said, You're going to somewhere you don't even know if you're going to get paid. Well, guess what? I wasn't getting paid. Dash Radio is more like volunteer. I said, Uh oh. So one day I, I said to Snoop, I said, uh, you know this dash radio. Uh, uh, I don't get paid because you don't get paid. He, hey, call this guy Kevin Barkey. Call him. That was his manager. Yeah. Yeah. Within uh, 24 hours, I was on a payroll. So Snoop started paying me. Then they called Dash and they said, "Pay the man." I don't get paid a lot, but, but you know that's how all that happened. And Snoop, uh, you know, we've been in this main studio the mothership connection a million times and he always said and you have people in there goes kevin have i ever told you what to play i said no that's why so interfere at all i go
0: never okay okay yeah.
1: and then another thing he had a studio there cat like music he goes let me show you a studio i said i've never seen a studio this nice i i said that's cat like music he goes and this blew me away he goes I built this for you wow I said this just didn't get built overnight how did you know I was going to be here he goes oh I knew
0: <laughs> what's the what's the movie uh Field of the dreams if you build it they will come
1: yeah pretty much that was it <laughs> in his mind he will come and that's how it happened so uh, no doubt no doubt it's
0: so, been so, a um, that's 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 amazing kid um i want to talk about your, your you know you're being very modest man but let's talk about your 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 platform you know you have a dope podcast out um uh what's the name of it you know for the listeners who may not know and yeah. um where can they go to to tune into this and and, and and again how did you come about just you know coming coming back with your own uh, platform in the uh the digital age the the tech you
1: know this the whole technology uh cyber age yeah it's only been a few months ago but i know uh, i had stories to tell and believe it or not uh, i started podcasting in 2015 okay and uh, that was early on in podcasting and i worked for a company called podomatic and I started doing shows. I called my program director and I said, Hey, what is a good return? A number of plays, downloads, whatever you call it. I didn't know the, the, the terms. He goes, If you get five or six thousand, it's good. I go, Oh, I've got ten thousand. Well, within two months, I was doing almost a million a show. Wow. Uh, I, I was number one in every, all, all genres of music on Podomatic.com. I was number one. I had one episode that did uh, close to two million plays and downloads. And this is just an 80 minute CD that transformed into a file, whatever, you know. I go, oh, my God. Not that that had anything to do with Snoop uh, hiring me, but I knew because my program director said what I was playing, nobody wanted to hear. Then when I started getting those kind of results from my podcast, I had renewed enthusiasm. I said, oh, yeah this means something and uh, now it's been six years with Snoop uh uh because of COVID and my bout, I, I do the show for my house which I'm doing right now okay and what, what is the uh, what's the time slot uh seven to midnight east coast four to nine west coast but getting back to the podcast I just started doing this a few months ago I wanted to tell these stories kind of like what I'm telling you right now whether it's easy or dr dre or how i met snoop and things that i've done in dc etc cetera, etc cetera. uh and i started doing these uh podcasts and i it's a way to because i was getting ready to write a book which i am but these stories were pretty much what i was going to tell in the book you know i right. uh, i i just wanted to, i like storytelling you know i, I kind of like enjoy it
0: right
1: and uh, it's kevin slow jam and james Either on slowjam.com. Okay. All the episodes are there. Anywhere where there are podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Google, Amazon, uh, Apple. So they're up all those platforms. Check it out,
0: man. Y'all gotta check it out. I, I heard a couple of episodes. It takes me back, man. Just hearing that voice, man, is 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 dope. I, I really enjoy it, brother. Gotta get yeah. got a
1: dope thing going on. The interesting thing is, well, not interesting, I just wing it. You know, if I'm making mistakes or whatever, I just go onto the mic. Because if you do that without any script or anything, then it comes across more natural.
0: I I know the feeling. Like like this interview right here, this is unscripted, by the way.
1: (laughs) Oh, I know. Because one thing I learned early, you know, uh, you can prepare all the questions you want. Yeah. But you ask first question, you can ask that one. That'll lead to an answer.
0: And there you go
1: that answer will lead into there you go another question yeah In the back of your head you wanted to talk about this that that it's a conversation that leads into maybe even other areas that we're no exploring
0: you know you get it you get it that's that's what i'm talking about so look Kev, man i hate to wrap this thing up man but it has truly been an honor talking with you brother i would love to have you back on the platform um, hopefully, my co host uh, she'll be here with me. Um, but um, I love what you're doing right now. Keep up the great work, and you know, it's it's, it's been an honor. You
1: know? Anytime we could do this as few or as many times as you want. I want your what's your co host name? Uh, Deandra.
0: Deandra, De- De- she don't yeah. like me, mess that up. Some people call her Deandra. I used to call her Deandra, but it's Deandra. <laughs>
1: deandre yeah. yeah and uh we'll catch you next time but anytime you want to do this uh and i'm gonna is there a way for this to be playback where i want i want my list yeah no
0: program? doubt i can say i can send you this you know i can yeah. i can send you the video or i can send you the audio either or it's, it's not a problem
1: yeah because i want to share that
0: oh thanks brother appreciate uh, it. We, we, it We 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 um what we have here is I feel is very special, but you know, we can use all the support and, and, and as long as we continue to have guys like you, I feel like, you know, we're continuing to bridge that uh, that gap and continue to preserve the culture, which I feel like I feel, and I know that you are, are, are doing as well. So I'm just, I'm just honored, brother. I'm honored to have you on and to oh, be a part of this
1: whole thing. I'm just as honored on this end. And it's important what you're doing because history, In in fact, histories may be made today, whatever. It's important. And to know, uh, you know, the beginnings in this case of the early days of rap legends and stuff, you know, and it gives hope to people like, hey, some of these people started without doing anything. Snoop was selling music out of his trunk. Right. You know, and there were trunk sales. So uh, everybody starts at the beginning and usually the beginning is not at the top.
0: No doubt, no doubt. What well, brothers like you have, you know, guys like you have inspired me, and um, you know, I just I, I thank you so much, man. This has truly been a dream of mine. This has been an honor of mine. Uh, words can't explain, uh, Kevin, man. Thank you for for being a part of this uh, episode, and I would love to be able to do this again.
1: Thank
0: you. Well, hold on, let me do another plug. Hang on. Come on, no doubt, no doubt. Come on,
1: let it... <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Daz Dillinger. Wait, hold on. There we go. Daz
0: legendary is, legendary daz.
1: very close uh contact uh, daz and corrupt
0: shout the- out to daz and corrupt i know yeah. uh, daz he just lost his mom
1: yeah yeah that's it's that's tough but uh he listens to my show at night and he, he uh sends little videos on instagram etc so you connected uh, kev you connected we're gonna have to talk offline
0: we're gonna have to talk offline man but again um, I'm Malak Arif here with the legendary Kevin Slow Jam and James. We about to sign out. Before we get out of here, you have any final words, uh,
1: Kev? Thank you for listening to this show, which is really, really important, this podcast. Because you are really what the name of the, the show is. You're bridging time. And it's important for maybe some of our listeners are into music whether it's r b or rap and to understand you know that, that nobody's handed anything to you and uh you know you learn from other people how they made it whatever and uh, just i'm hoping that this inspires people and i'm sure your shows inspire people
0: well, thank you brother thank you thank you man that that was very touching. and i really appreciate that i'm i'm humble, so With that said, I'm going to lock our reef. Kevin Slow Jamming James, man. We are out. You take care, brother. Have a good night. All right. Peace.